Hello and welcome to Here We Go, the Aberdeen FC podcast. Uh, Richard Hay will not be with us for the next couple of weeks, so in the meantime, that means it will be uh, a wrestling open zone for the two of us that are remaining, uh, a tag team affair between myself, Martin Ingram, and my co-host, Martin Clunas. Martin, how are you getting on? I'm doing great. Isn't it just the idea of Richard not being here? You know, we're sitting back with the brandy and cigars, just able to talk about whatever one. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering if Richard actually ever does venture to to listen back on whatever we end up producing out of here. I'm wondering how many times he's going to be sitting and seething at what we're doing, but uh, time will I'll tell. Just say, uh, Richard, hope you're hope you're having a good time in South America, and we'll, um, <laughs> we'll catch up with you soon. So, <laughs> without further ado, we'll let's crack into the the affairs of the the last week or so. Um, we'll take it right back to last weekend. Um, a, a, a rather sobering nil-nil affair at the Spaghetti Had. Um, has that managed to significantly jade your pre-season optimism? Uh, uh, not, qu- not quite yet. Um, you know, we, we obviously you look at the starting eleven. Um, you know, we still had we had some of our we had some of our best players out there, um, but you know. Um, there was a little bit of square pegs and round holes, I think, as well. Um, you know, she, you know, Morris, you know, Morris and Hayes, you know, probably, you know, I, I'm not saying I don't want to see them starting, but when you're opening game of the season, you would be looking for your to be your best eleven. But we still have some recruitment to do. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, that's why I'm not really want to want to sort of go crazy after the first first result of the season. Um but it is a it is obviously a disappointment. Um the performance was disappointing. Um you know I've I don't wanna I don't want to go overboard especially about the pitch um because I've seen a lot of that and you know yeah the pitch is, is crap but it's been crap for how long ever Livingston have been in that league this league sorry. So you know there's enough, there's enough players in there that have played on that before. They should know. Um, I think we all, we basically um, allowed ourselves to be drawn into their game, and that was that was the disappointing thing. We didn't get the ball to Clarkson enough. We certainly didn't get the ball to Shinny enough, um, and I f- felt at times Mayowski and Lopez just sort of like were a little bit a little bit isolated, but. Um, it's like let's say Martin's first game of the season. No, we're not gonna. We've got a long. We've got a long way to go. Um, we've got loads to look forward to. Um, so I think I think it'll be fine. I mean, I want to say in terms of positives. Um, you know, obviously we saw the debut. The debut a big slob. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname. So he's so he's he's got you from now on. To me, he will be big slob. I think um, good. I thought he did well. Um, I think I think the social media team are very keen on emphasising that he's going to be Ruby going forward. Is it Ruby? I'm not. That was my granny's name. I'm not calling him that. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's, he's going to have to be big slob for me. I thought he did well, you know, um, for for our first appearance. Um, you know, looked look decent. Um, booking was. I don't think I was really very much in the booking. Was there? It was. It was for me. It was definitely enough to be a booking. He's 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 caught. He's caught. He's caught. Whoever it was, I think it was Guthrie on the ankle, and I think it was a fair enough yellow card. I, I don't know how you feel about the. I think the the the, the challenge that got a lot more attention was the the head clash with uh, Bruce uh, Anderson later on in the game. And while obviously you know it was unfortunate for Anderson, he definitely came off second best in relation to that. I actually thought again that was just a gen a genuine two guys going up for an aerial ball and it's probably unsurprising that Anderson came off the second best in relation to that. But I think I think with uh uh big slob Ruby, how we're gonna go with that, um he just strikes me the, the the I think I said that in the last podcast, the the guy that immediately springs to mind for me is Scott McKenna. It'll just be a, a big unit that you can stick right in the middle of your back three um, he's not going to be the kind of guy that's going to get ragdolled around about by bigger centre half, sorry, centre forwards that are going to be facing in the league. But he showed a reasonable amount of ability as well. I think he's not—he's not just some Balkan bruiser coming through there. There was a, there was enough in relation to what he was doing on the ball as well, and with his distribution, to suggest that he'll be quite a useful addition. Yeah, and the thing is, like, he's obviously he's not going to play. Um, He's, if they're playing as a back three, he's probably never going to play in a back three 
with Devlin and McKenzie either side of him that going mm. forward this season because we've all, you know you'll be looking at you looking for McDonald um, to go back. You know, there's talk about you know there's obviously talk people want people want another one. Um, we've got Williams, yeah, yeah, Reese Williams. That's right, yeah, Reese Williams. It's Williams, obviously from Liverpool as well. Who we don't we don't know if he how he'll be um, if he is fit. Then you'd imagine that those those would be the three. Um, so I thought no, I don't know what you but I thought. For a, for a first appearance in what was a, a fairly makeshift defence, I thought he did okay. I did he did well. Yeah, I thought we did okay defensively in general. I mean, again, it's one of those things where you look back to the difference between um, the you know what you're getting from a Barry Robson team, which is in spite of the fact that it was in in many ways a, a, a makeshift defence, because again, there's there's no way that that's going to be the the personnel that we end up with in a month's time compared to where we are right now, uh, whether whether Jack McKenzie continues to get a run at left centre back, I don't know. I, I imagine we'll end up getting someone in, in for for that. As you say, there's a there's a there's a host of other players like Angus McDonald and uh, James McGarry. Once he comes through, you know, he'll be a bit left back. Nicky Devlin, I'm assuming, will be playing the right wing back slot, um, and uh, it'll be one of Angus McDonald and or. Reese Williams, or indeed both, that will be filling up that center, the the the, the center three, if that if that's how we're going to be lining up. So in 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 that regard, it was actually quite good that you know basically Robson is able to kind of piece together a functional defense from who was available at the time, um, and I think that's a big difference between his team right now and and the sides that we've maybe previously had under Goodwin and, and, and Stephen Glass that may well have probably performed a lot better but were a lot more fragile at the back. I think we're now back to the situation where we're we're gonna make sure that even if we're off off it, we're at least going to come away with a result. I think the disappointing thing was that we didn't really construct a lot in terms of uh going forward. Um and it was right when you mentioned about, you know, it was disappointing that we didn't get the ball enough to Clarkson and to Shinny, but by the same token, you could probably aim a bit of criticism at the likes of Shinny and, and, and Paul Vara and that, um, you know, were, were they were they doing enough to, 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 to go and get the ball for themselves? Um, the obvious comparison for me was against, I don't know if you saw the, again, I, I watched a stream of the Charlton game, the pre-season game last season, and you can tell the difference between a pre-season game in London where if you're if you're trying to get on the ball and go through, again, Barry Robson loves his transitions, you're looking to a transition and it all looked absolutely fantastic in the first half at Charlton, whereas the moment, the moment you get on an artificial pitch in Livingston and... You've got players where it's not it's not a friendly anymore. The, the first time those guys are getting on the ball, they're getting deliberately fouled, and and Livingston's doing everything they can just to break break the game down. I think I think you could suddenly tell, yeah, this is we're we're not in Kansas anymore. This is this is the proper competitive Premiership football. So I think it may well still take a week or two just to readjust to that. Oh God, you're absolutely absolutely right. I mean, you know, it's. It's it's not it's not Davy Martindale's job to to make Aberdeen look good um, and to let us you know let us have all the space because you know, he's he's managed teams he's managed that Livingston team against better teams than us and you know if they've try if you try to be a little bit I don't even I don't know, not cavalier I don't even know what the words if you just try to be a little bit if you're a little bit more open or if you're a little bit more loose then you're going to get you're going to get absolutely punished um, and he knows that so he you no know, he. He's obviously he was very cute. We spoke about it last week. He was really cute with his you no know, sort of getting his excuses in all this kind of stuff. And then you go down there, and what has he got? He sticks eleven guys, you know, most of them absolute units who are going to work their balls off. You know, just get in, get in your face, and exactly what you expect from a Livingston team. And you know, Robson wouldn't have been Robson wouldn't have been a surprise for that in any way. Um, I know he came out. You no, know, he did. You know, after the game, you know, he kind of came out and. Spoke about them slowing it down and um, saying about like you mentioned the transitions there. He was talking about the fouls after the transitions, um, and I think he I think he even used the the getting it getting into any sort of rhythm line, which it's like come on, it's like come on, Barry. It's like you know you're 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 giving you're giving us cliche bingo here, um, which which is you know it's what it is you know them. But yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play their way, um, and it's up to us. And yeah. You, know, you expect you expect Clarkson, you expect Colvar, and you expect Shinny, and um, probably get to get a bit more of the ball and try and do something with it. Um, but they just, I just think they they couldn't get out, could they? They just you know, every time they 
every time they seemed to find a bit of space, there just was a man there who just was was stopping them playing, and that's that's Livingston. You know, if you want to if you want to win things, um, or even be at the top, you know, top end of the table and get far, especially in this league where Livingston aren't the only team that are going to do that, are they? Um, you got you got to work out how to deal with it. But first game of the season, I think it will be you know, you know, it's just a bit of an eye opener, as you say. Not in Kansas. This isn't, you know, this isn't like no touch football, like where we're just gonna, we're not gonna be throwing in hard tackles like the the, the Charlton game. Um, but we'll get there. Yeah. So again, with the nature of the game on Saturday, there wasn't a huge amount of talking points just because there was very little in the way of football to to talk about. But there were a few things that I certainly want to touch upon. Um, and first and foremost, the. Uh, well, I was going to say the the, the, the penalty of, uh, appeal, but of course, I mean, um, um, there wasn't really a lot of joy that, that, that came from that. Um, the club's social media account had a still image, which pretty much encapsulated the scenario for me. It shows Boyan Mayavsky getting in the box. He's, he's goal-side of the Livingston defender, Obelai. Um, and you can see the defender just has a massive fistful of his jersey as he's coming in on goal uh john beaton i don't know whether he's seen it or not but he certainly hasn't done anything about it and there didn't seem to be any uh visible indication that it had been looked at by var and you have to question why isn't that being looked at because to me that looks a clear foul in the box and again it's that kind of thing if it happens anywhere else it would have been a free kick and when it happens in the penalty box we get nothing yeah, I. But when you see it from the back, um, you know, in real time, it, I don't. I mean, initially, I didn't think it was a penalty um, because you you see it from the back, it just looks like a bit of a, you know, a bit of nothing. But then when you like the club, very very cute, very clever. You, know, you put that you put that picture up of um, yeah the handful of the shirt and you know I'm sure there are, there are there are people out there who who know far far more about well you know far far more about a lot of things but know far far more about VAR than I do, uh, but. For it not to get, for it not to be looked at, again, if it's if it's not looked at, if it, if, uh, no, or not stopped at all, um, to even just check it, you know, that's I mean that is a that is a penalty. Um, but you know, what you expect? It's 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 you no, know, it's 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 that referee again, um, you know, and I'm this isn't me saying you no know, conspiracy against Aberdeen. This is me saying this this is a, an, an atrocious referee. Who's done it to every team in the league? Yeah. You know, he's even done he's even done it to Celtic and Rangers as well. He gets it wrong for everybody, um, and it's just you know, it's so so frustrating. But what do you, you know? I, I don't know what we expect anymore, and you know, I, I do feel at times, you know, and I, I, there probably is you know, there's probably eleven other eleven other podcasts right now from the different teams can be complaining about their their the standard of referee, and at some point, and it will be at this season, just um, it's poor, and. You, know, you don't you don't get it, and then it cut from from that, which is a, a chance where we should have, no, you get the penalty. You, know, you would expect you would expect Miowski to put it away, and from then on, you know, you're one 0 up. You've got a chance to go and no, go do something in the game. But instead, the problem is we didn't we didn't really cr- we create anything after that. Um, obviously, we need you need more from like Morris, uh, Duke, Clarkson, and Hayes in a game as well. But you know, so you I don't think you can. Be, I mean, we're obviously going to be upset about the penalty decision not being given, but then for us not to for not to do anything. I mean, the fact I mean, not no shots on target, Martin. Um, yeah. is 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 not isn't acceptable really. Um, and I know that it's no again first game of the season. Don't want to get too excited and go overboard, but you know you got you got to be doing something. You got to be getting a, getting a snapshot off, getting something for distance. You know, getting something just give their keeper something to do, um, and that's that's where comes the disappointment as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so as you say, no shots on target. Eleven shots during the match, but nothing on target. And Barry Robson did come out and speak about that briefly in the post-match interview, saying, you know, I thought again, I think Miowski and Duke were both pretty pretty well involved to the extent that they were able to in the game, but again very much off target so I think Barry's position was you know it's early in the season once they get their shooting boots on then uh, things will improve and in fairness there's there's nothing to suggest that wouldn't be the case again you might be a bit more concerned about that 
if they were two strikers that were newly in the club and you know you, you didn't really know a lot about their pedigree or, or how they would be able to perform in the league we we, we know that they are both they were both knocking on close to 20 goals last season so we we know they can definitely do it uh, at this level so i think in in fairness you do have to give them the benefit of the doubt that um it just didn't happen for them on saturday and that, and that it will come but um I agree entirely with yourself and, and again what you mentioned beforehand I think it was just disappointing first of all just you know the fact that again you have, you have to give credit to Livingston they did they did break down the game at every opportunity um, and exactly as you said they're not going to be the only team that's going to be doing that most of the teams in the league are going to be looking to um, slow the game down break up break up the match and it is incumbent on us to find ways to be able to impose our play on that and, and 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 to produce the quality which is needed either in terms of you know the creativity to be able to generate more opportunities or in being more clinical and taking those opportunities and you know credit to them the very same players were, were managing to do that at the tail end last season it is maybe a little bit early in the season to be worrying about that right now and i'm not i'm not too worried about that right now but by the same token, you'd obviously you'd obviously want to see a bit of improvement. Um, whether we're going to see that next weekend, I don't know. We'll come we'll come to that later on. But um, but yeah, I think we just have to write off last Saturday and uh, and say okay, we've we've we'll, we'll treat it as a, a point gained rather than a couple of points lost, and then move on to the next one. Um, the, the the one the one final thing I wanted to touch upon before we 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 we, we leave. Livingston behind, which I'll be more than happy to do so. And I, I know you said you didn't necessarily want to talk about the, the state of the pitch, but my God, it is even for an artificial, you know, even amongst artificial pitches, I think it it looks like one of the worst ones. Um, there was a lot of comments um, from people who were at the game, and again, I think it was visible a number of times in the highlights of, you know, the the, the amount of black pellets that were throwing up at, at various intervals. Um, and it was interesting that um, when I was watching the sports scene highlights afterwards, and God forbid I'm going to say that I found an interesting point stated by Charlie Mulgrew, but he was at, <laughs> I, I, again, it was it was obviously nobody would have given us given us a, a, a shit basically that Aberdeen didn't get a result, but because Rangers lost at Rugby Park, it was all of a sudden a massive talking point. But you know, Mulgrew was when he was asked, "Does that make a difference?" He did talk about the fact that yeah, absolutely, the artificial pitches they play they play much slower. They, they they will suit a team that aren't looking to play as as quick a tempo as 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 maybe Aberdeen would be looking to do against that opposition. Um, I don't think there's any imminent chances that there's going to be a move away from plastic pitches in the foreseeable future. But um, it 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 is a bit frustrating that um, you know it's going to be another an, another season where we're going to have a, a number more a number of more occasions where we're just going to have to plough through that almost literally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, no, it, it is what it is, I suppose. And no, um, <clears throat> Livy and particularly Martin Dale have managed to they've managed to work it to their advantage on so many times, haven't they? I mean, I think they've had I think they've had decent a couple of decent results in the past few seasons against Celtic there as well. They've I think they've definitely won at home against them or got and got at least draws against Rangers as well. So they know how they know how to work it. Um, and it's so I suppose it's kind of game in the system a wee bit. But um, until until you know the, the powers that be, um, the higher power, whatever you know, <laughs> wants to want to do wants to do anything about it, then there's there's really not much we can do. I mean, you know, I mean you've obviously you've been to like loads of games at like the the, the Corbett Park and things like that. I mean, is it is it is it worse than the ones that we were, we train on? I think I think it could be, you know, because again, just with um, it. it Again, it was very noticeable with regards to the, you know, the 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 the, the weight of black pellets coming up I every pellets, time there was yeah. a sliding challenge, or but even just just to look at the pitch, it just looks it had, you know, on. I know it's an artificial pitch, but it does look incredibly unnatural, and um, you know, Cormac Park actually for the most part plays pretty well and pretty fair. So yeah. you know, I'm 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 not going to put myself out as any kind of you know. 4G expert in relation to 3G <laughs> expert in relation to these things, but um, um, I honestly think that even you know, considering that you know that is a a, a Premiership ground, it, it 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 doesn't fare as one of the better grounds. It's not quite as bad as um, I think the all timer for me would have been the the Aloha Athletic Recreation Park, the one that 
Fraser Fivey ended up getting a really severe injury in where yeah. you could actually see undulations in the pitch. So, you know, there are there, there's definitely been a number of worst pitches that I've seen. But, um, but yeah, it definitely isn't conducive to the kind of, you know, slick passing football that um, we, we, we would probably want to be seeing. But um, as I say, we're maybe just, you know, as far as complaining it probably is a kind of element of just howling into the wind uh, or you know it's uh, it's not going to be changing anytime soon yeah and, um, had, and, had, and had we won we'd be saying i see and we won in spite of the pitch yeah so. absolutely <laughs> so we will we will gladly leave livingston to one side for the time being um uh, and move on to more uh, exciting uh thoughts the the draw for the europa league playoff round took place on Monday lunchtime um, and it has thrown up a tie against one of a couple of teams that we have a European history with. So it's either going to be uh, BK Hacken of Sweden or it will be uh, Zalgaris Vilnius, that's right, of uh, Lithuania. So in terms of our own previous history, it's looking very positive. Um, you're going all, all the way back to the 96-97 UEFA Cup qualifying round when we played Zalgiris last time round. Uh, what looked like was going to be a very comfortable progression with a 4-1 victory away from home in Lithuania, uh, only for us to then have an absolute uh, heart attack at home, uh, losing the tie 3-1 on the day, but um, hanging on to go through 5-4 in aggregate. Uh, BK Hacken, a lot more recent. They were they were our first opponents in our our last European venture in the Europa Conference League in the 21-22 season. We played them in the second qualifying round, uh, and similar to what we had um, against Lithuanians, only that we had the home game first that time round. A very very comfortable five-one victory over the Swedes. Perhaps a surprisingly easy run against a team that we thought were going to give us a lot of problems. Um, lost the away leg 2-0, but we thankfully managed to do the bulk of the work in the home leg and went through 5-3 in aggregate. So, first and foremost, immediate reactions to that draw. I think it's fair to say that of the teams we could have drawn, that is the probably one of the more favourable draws we could have possibly hoped for. But as we always say, there's no such thing as an easy tie in, in, in European fixtures anymore. No, um, I'm not going to lie. I had a I had a heart attack when somebody else Lugano had came out, um, and we weren't going to get them because obviously everybody everybody was hoping for them, um, so, but I know. Look, I think in terms of you know if you're if you're looking for a kind draw, um, you know, and there's it's still going to be still there's still going to be a difficult game, you know, whichever whichever one we play, um, but it's you know it could have been it could have been a lot worse. Um, and a lot harder, and we want to get in the we want to get in the Europa League. So I mean, as I know that I know that we've you know said it's a bit of a this is a bit of a free hit because we're going to get group stage football anyway. Um, but you know you don't want to get you know an Ajax or you know one of the uh, some you know Greek team or whatever if you know like from one of these one of these pretty decent leagues. Um, so I think we've done we've done okay um, with both of them. Yeah. Um, I think this is the one fixture where you, you want, you know, or the, or the one round where you wanted to get uh, a tie against a team which is winnable. I think once you get into the group stage, I, I, I might, I might be, I might, I might not be in the majority here. But I think once you get to the group stages, you don't necessarily care who you get as long as it's either a glamorous side or somewhere that you'd like quite like to go on holiday. Um, whereas this is the one, you know, with the playoff round, this is the one where you really did. You're right. You wanted to avoid any of these kind of truly kind of big guns that, that, that would have probably beaten us. It's a, it's a fantastic opportunity for us to be able to progress into the Europa League group stages. And and while we do have the fallback position and knowing we'll be in the Conference League group stages if we lose, um, there's a there's a glamour and prestige element to getting into the Europa League group stages, but there's also quite a reasonable financial incentive to be getting in that, that phase of the competition rather than the Conference League as well. Yeah, um, and that's that's the... That's that's the goal, you know. I mean, I think I, I totally, actually, I totally agree with you. Obviously, when you get when once we're in the group stages, you know, it doesn't matter if we get, you know, it doesn't matter who we get because if you no, know, <laughs> I don't be a bit. I know, obviously, I am being a hundred percent serious to be honest. But yeah, you know, if you want to win the tournament, you got to beat some of these teams eventually, um, you know. So, you know, give us. That's the ultimate optimism. 
so you know that's what I mean. It's like yeah, I was I was going to talk myself down there, and I went, you know what? Actually, no, sod it. No, I'm going to talk it up. I'm going to talk myself. I'm going to get carried away after after that game on Saturday. I'm still allowing myself to get carried away and enjoy it. It is yeah, it yeah. is the brilliance of uh, preseason optimism that in the in the space of 48 hours we've gone to showing that we're unable to beat an absolutely hammer throwing Livingston team on an artificial pitch to suddenly talking ourselves into the fact that oh yeah we'll, we'll totally winnable draw against the league champions of Sweden or Lithuania so. yeah it's fine, it'll be fine yeah I mean you know, like, the thing is both of them are both of them will be decent teams I mean Vilnius obviously were, got knocked out I think they were the, the Champions League qualifiers yeah so by, in, in, knocked in, out by Galatasaray so in, it, w- the worry for me um, is that both teams are playing their third round of a third round of European football when they play each other, um, and so they're you know a phrase that a phrase that you've probably heard you know if, if you're if you've been if you've listened to this podcast for the now nine seasons we've been doing it, um, you'll have heard heaps of times is oh is there a chance of you know one of these teams that Aberdeen have drawn perhaps being a little undercooked because we obviously always play you know, have have been playing these you no know, two or two or three you know pre-qualifying, qualifying rounds, whatever you want to call them. Um, whereas now, we're in the situation where these teams are going to be, you know, they're both in the middle of their season. Um, yeah. The Zalgris have played, I think, 25 games. BK have played 18 games just in their league. They've played three, no, I say that they'll, they'll, when we play either of them, they'll have played, you know, six six games of European football as well. Um so thankfully, we've obviously got a few more games to come before the first leg to get our to get our eye in, if you want if you want to use it like that. That's that's the that's the only concern for me um, is that these teams they're 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 well on their way in their middle of their seasons, um, and they'll be you know, which I suppose you know you can look at it, you can know glass half empty, glass half full. You know, they're halfway through the season. You know that means maybe you know a little bit of fatigue in there. If we can you know if we can play our game, we can give them a, you know maybe give them a bit of a run around. Um, you know, or you can look at it and say, no, they're they're well in, and they're you no know, motivated and and doing well because I think they're both. I think I think um, is it Vilnius are second in their league and BK yeah, third. Think, so yeah, I think both 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 of them are doing well in their respective yeah. domestic leagues. Zal Zalgiris second, and I think Hacken would be either second or third. So but yeah, flying, I, yeah, but I think I think that's that's the 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 main concern I have as well. That yeah, these are teams that are they're in the middle of their seasons they're already up and running whereas we are quite evidently still quite undercooked and we're only going to have a couple more competitive fixtures before we're uh into the first leg of 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 the the uh the playoff rounds those those fixtures taking place on so i think right it's in the 24th and the 31st of august when those games are taking place yeah. um but yeah it's it'll be a challenge either way i think just purely going on the ob- ob- objective facts, the suggestion would be that Zalgiris may well be the harder of the two opponents. Looking at the club coefficient list for the 2023, uh, 2022-2023 season, which is what the the the, co- the coefficient seedings were based on for for these draws, uh, Zalgiris are ranked 134th, whereas BK Hacken are down in 275th place. And then also you, you touched upon the the results that they had, which led to them being in this stage and around both of these teams within the Champions League qualifying um, rounds in the Champions path. They've gone out at the second qualifying round, but in very different circumstances. Zalgiris had a very respectable 3-2 defeat on aggregate to Turkish champions Galatasaray, whereas in the case of Hakin, they were rather ignominiously dumped out in penalties by KI, the champions of the Faroe Islands. So I think given, given on the evidence of both recent results and, you know, to what extent you put weight in club coefficients, I know they can be slightly deceptive, but it would suggest that Zalgris may well be the harder opponents of the two um, and maybe another reason why hacking might be more attractive than Zalgiris is it again it would give another opportunity for those who may well be looking to make a, a trip to to the away game. Um, what better location to start a European uh, tour than than in Gothenburg? Certainly, yeah. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I won't be able to go, which I'm absolutely devastated about, Martin. Um, 
when, when obviously when I saw the when I saw the way the draw came out as well, and I knew the first the, the that was going to be the 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 away leg was going to be the first leg. I'm not going to say I was close to tears, but I was <laughs> but I was very very disappointed. Um, I can only I can only say that. Well, you can rest assured with the fact that we're going to have several other opportunities for away yeah. days with the Dons this season. Again, regardless of what happens in the playoff round, we will be enjoying at least six more European fixtures after that. But um, in 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 the immediate uh, line of sight, Zalgiris or BK Hacken in the Europa League playoff round, uh, their, their matches will be taking place uh, in a couple of days' time, Thursday the 10th and 17th. So by then, we'll then know who our opponents are going to be. And then, as I said, uh, our playoff fixtures will be on Thursday, the 24th and 31st of August. So as I was saying, there's only a, f- uh, a few domestic fixtures that are going to be uh, uh, left for us to get ourselves fighting fit. And the first one of those couldn't be any harder domestically. It's our first home game of the season, and it's going to be a, a noon kickoff on Sunday against the, the reigning champion Celtic. Um, first and foremost, um, we're both in the same boat. All we'll see of Celtic from uh, the, the first match in season is what was on the highlights. Um, they fairly comfortably uh, took care of business against Ross County, but by the same token, I think they're they're not exactly hitting their straps either. They've obviously got a new manager or, or returning manager in Brendan Rodgers. The starting eleven was mainly made up of players that were playing the season before, and although they dealt with Ross County fairly comfortably, they also shipped a couple of goals. So, um, although we weren't overly impressive ourselves on Saturday, it may still be uh, a better time to catch them earlier in the fixtures rather than later on. I definitely no, there's a, a, a chance, definitely a chance there. Um, you know, like I said, like like you like you said there, all I've seen is the highlights. You know, I've read read a little bit, read some reports, try to follow a little bit of the you know, social media stuff. That some of the some of the fans fans have been saying, and you know, they weren't particularly happy with a happy with a performance, which you know echoes kind of echoes ourself. Um, the difference was that you no know, was that you know they're they are the champions, and they were playing what was last season's second worst, no, the second worst team in the league. Um, you know, and again, another team, another team like you know who will who will be scrapping for everything. But I'm sure again, when it comes to the end of the season, much like much like Livy will be. So, um, you know, I don't think you can, you know, they're you can obviously take a bit of confidence in the fact that you know they. Okay, they got four goals, but they did. Con- no, they were three 0 up and conceded two. Um, so that shows that shows me and it shows everybody that they can be gotten at. Um, you know, they're they're certainly not. Um, again, from what I've seen, what I've read, you know, look at their lineups. I don't think there's no, the start starting eleven from Saturday isn't as strong as it was last season. Um, you know, when you got someone like you know Turnbull wasn't anywhere near a starter last season for them. He's coming in. Um, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna dare say name names of guys that I don't rate because I know what happens. I've, I've seen. We've, we've all seen this movie before. There'll be no tempting of fate on this podcast. There will no, absolutely sir. no chance. Am I doing that when it's like knowing fine? I've got to, got to sit there for an hour and a half on Sunday, while whoever whoever like marauds up and down the pitch. So yeah, that's that is. You will be getting no silly silly slagging off. So any other players lit by by me. Um, <laughs> So in terms of how Aberdeen might be approaching the game on Sunday, so again, um, carrying on from where we left off last season, uh, Barry Robson is pretty rigidly stuck with a a 3-5-2 formation. He's done that right the way through the pre-season and again, did it again against Livingston. And again, very true to form from what he did last season. He seemed to be relying on a a core group of players in in that core setup. The the, the starting 11 against Livingston was essentially exactly the same starting 11 as he put in his last preseason game against Charlton with the the exception of uh, Rubicic being available and coming in in place of Jack Milne. Um, he, he, He does tend to stick to a, a core group of players in a core formation, but again, taking Celtic on at Pitodri is a very different prospect from 
uh, going to try and play more expansively against Livingston. Um, and I would be, while the, while the formation may not change, um, I'd be stunned if it was still some of the same personnel. I mean, one of the things that would scream to mind, I, I cannot imagine we're going to be sticking with Shaden Morris as a right wing back against Celtic, given uh, the, 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 the attacking threat that we're going to be facing going the other way. So, do you, do you see do you see radical changes in Barry Robinson in terms of formation and, and 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 manpower, or do you think it will just be tweaks in order to accommodate um, the different challenges they'll face? Um, it'll probably be tweaks. I mean, like you say, I don't think he'll. No, he, I don't. I can't see him changing changing the formation. I think he's he's quite fond. He's quite mar, quite fond of the formation. He's playing the three. Um, it is just yeah. Morris is the Morris is the one um, where you know I. Still, un, still remain unconvinced, um, and so you kind of think. I, mean, I don't know. Is is there any word on um, McDonald? Well, that's the obvious one. If if I don't, there's any doubt. If McDonald is is fit enough to play on Sunday, the obvious the obvious solution will be that Nicky Devlin will move out to that right wing yeah, yeah. back position, and then McDonald will slot in in this in, as part of the back three. But. Um, whether he will be fit enough to play is one thing. It's also a big ask for your first competitive football to be against the league champions. So I don't, I don't know whether that would happen or not. But but by the same token, if it's not Angus McDonald, then then who is it? I think it is just at that stage right now that with certain players, like again, Reese Williams would would have been a contender as well, and he's not available due to injury as well. Um, I think it would be a, I, although again Jack Milne was playing in the last of the preseason games before uh, Rubis, Rubisic came in, but I think again it would be a massive ask to ask for for Jack Milne to be put in the back three. So there, you know, there just there is just a natural issue with you know you can only kind of go with the players that you currently have available. So it will be a bit of a headache. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I mean, well, the, the the recruitment may still still not be over. I mean, um, Marty Pollock didn't start for Watford tonight <laughs> just throwing it out there I, th- I think the one piece of recruitment that definitely won't happen before Sunday is any any there will be no possibility of Liam Scales coming across in a deal before Sunday I think that's the one thing we can categorically rule out in the meantime but uh... yeah. I suppose well I suppose we should mention as well and obviously there's been rumours there's been rumours today of um, former former Aberdeen star Scott McKenna um, going going to Celtic um, and I, I, I thought I wondered I wondered what you thought would think because the idea would be obviously we want to get we want we don't I think he wants to get scales um, so if you know we we would be surely be due a sell on fee for for Scott McKenna um, would you be would you be of a mind to if that was to happen um, use that money to get hold of scales or should we be should we be looking elsewhere in uh, now. I think that scales is a tricky one because if you'd asked this question back in January or or well yeah it would have been late January time as uh, as Liam Scales was getting his second consecutive marching orders at Easter Road um, I was pretty categorically in the camp of um, get get him to the proverbial I'd never want to see him again but he was definitely one of the players that really benefited from once once Matty Pollock and Angus McDonald were brought into the club and suddenly when he was playing in part of a back three with another com- couple of competent defenders he really you really saw the benefit of that and I think he got to the stage where he was actually one of our better players in the second half in the season he would absolutely be um I mean it's, it, I don't want to say upgrade given he was someone who was playing with us last season but when you look at it right now I think you'd have to be, you'd be fair to say that um I was trying to think, you know, in, in comparing the, the, the 11 that started at Livingston, comparing that with the 11 that ended last season, I think you'd have to say that right now in the face of it, it's a weaker starting 11 than what we ended with last season. Because again, Liam Skills is one of those guys, if if he was still at the club and available, he would be starting at left centre back in front of Jack McKenzie. I think that I think that's fair. Not, not, not that Jack, I actually think Jack McKenzie did really well last Saturday and I think... Uh, it it wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be devastated if he continues in that role for the foreseeable future. But I think Liam Scales, if he were available, he he would he would go straight in as a starting left centre back in this team. 
and I think the encouraging thing as well is I noticed he wasn't on the bench on Saturday for Celtic, so there don't, there, there don't seem to be any immediate plans for him at Celtic right now, as it were, and that's before a prospect of another central defender, be it McKenna or being anyone else coming in. And I, I believe he also doesn't count as one of the homegrown um, uh, quotient for their Champions League. So they're, they're, they're currently, I think, some of the region of um, running seven or eight players um who wouldn't be able to get named into their Champions League squad, and Liam Skills sits within that group of players as well. So um, there doesn't seem to be a whole uh, heap of, uh, of of reason for Celtic to, to hold on to him, and if it, if it was a reasonable uh, outlay in order to get him into the club, then then you know I would be I would be more than happy to welcome him back with open arms. It would have to be a long term deal, though. I think the the thing the thing that I hope we are all agreed on is that we 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 can't continue down the line of loan deals for uh, players uh, at at our direct opponents. I mean, it's 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 the most crippling thing when you were going into a game against Celtic last season and you know you're already starting a man down because you can't play. You couldn't play Liam Scales because he was on, on loan from that club. Um, so if 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 there is no future for him at Celtic and he was available for a for a reasonable fee, I'd be I'd be more than happy to bring him back. I'm just I'm just glad that the relationship the relationship we we'll have with Rangers will, will never be mended to the point where we'll be taking loans from them again. <laughs> um, so that's at least one thing. I mean, Hearts. It just seems we have we we take the Celtic players. Hearts have the have the Rangers players, but I'd rather. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather go down the route of not, of not taking anyone from them, um, and yeah, but like you say, like I think they're even if it was to happen tomorrow, I think you know, with, there's zero chance that Rogers is going to let him leave, so you could and then have him playing against us, yeah. playing for us. Sorry, um, on Sunday, um, I think it's one of those ones where he's going to, if 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 Robson really wants him, he's going to have to, he's going to have to wait. And, and of course, that's the the, 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 the optimist in us. I mean, that, that's why I was thinking that maybe the Liam Scales deal is done all along, but they've been deliberately waiting until this fixture gets out of the, way, the road before they before they announce anything. But that that's that's the that's the rare optimist in me. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, at... they're in a position where they can play hardball. If we do really want, if they do really want them, which you know, it all seems to be, you know, if you believe what was uh, what was no what you've read, if you believe obviously the the leaked preseason chat comments that um, Burroughs made with one of the supporters clubs as well. I think there was something there was what, something mentioned there as well um, where we where we want him um, or Barry wants him so um, it'll, be interesting, it'll be interesting to see. I mean there's definitely some moves, moves that need to be made. Um, I, I, I suppose whenever I mentioned this but there was only one I mean we only made one sub on mm. Saturday as well. Um, Esther Sotler came on for, for Shaden Morris um, but there's still, you know, we had, we had Baron was Baron was on the bench, Bazawin was on the bench, um, the lesser the lesser spotted Anthony Stewart was there as well. Um, and then yeah, I mean, just, as as I, was, as I was saying beforehand, I mean that that very much seems to be the 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 baddest, the Barry Robson modus operandi is he'll have a, a core of players who he trusts to put on, and he's not one for just making multiple changes throughout yeah. the game. He, I mean, if anything, you know. You're basically looking at Esther Sockler as being an, an upgrade on Marley Watkins. That was basically his role. He was often the only player to come on in the second half and kind of you know just provide that change up. I think I think Sockler already. I mean, again, we're just going on the preseason, but I think already I'd be quite confident saying that he's going to carry a, a far more significant goal scoring threat than what Watkins did with us. But but it it, it, it I'm, I'm glad you came back to that because. I think there was a lot. There were a lot of fans that are, um, you know, we're, we're, we're one game into the season, but um, you know, it's never too early to cast cast doubts over whether Paddy Robson is the right man for the job going forward. And I think if there if there has been one, you know, one area of criticism which there might be merit for it is that kind of aspect of is is he a manager that has a plan B? It seems to be he's got a set idea of this is this, this is the formation I'm going to play. These are the players I'm going to go with. Um, and if it doesn't work, plan B just seems to be try plan A even harder. Um, do you think that's a fair criticism level? I think it's, I think it's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I'm laughing, but yeah, you've, you've absolutely nailed it. I mean, you know, it's like he gave, you know, he, he was the one that I think he was the one that gave Connor Barron his debut. Um, when he was the caretaker manager the first time. That's right. So I think that's right. So, but you know, 
didn't want to make it didn't want to make that change on change on Saturday. Um, you know, he's brought in he's brought in Ordadia. He didn't come on. Um, I think it says a lot um, that you know, you know, Johnny Hayes is what forty five years old or something. Um, and you know, we didn't see Bazalwin or someone come on as well. Come on in the second half, yeah, just to try and get some fr- get some maybe fresher legs on. That probably says a lot about what what's going to be happening for Vinny. Um, I, I guess he maybe isn't isn't in, no part of the plans. I mean, but you hear mm-hmm. you hear so much about. I mean, you don't know what to believe because you know, none of us are on the training pitch, and you hear all this, you know, this this kind of rumours and talk about stuff about maturity and things like that. You just hope he can knuckle down because there's definitely a player in there. Um, but you know, if he's, I guess if the guy, if these guys are impressing on the training pitch, you know, the, Robson feels he can get something out of them, then they're going to get on the pitch. Um, well, well, I think that's, 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 I think that's, that's been evidence in the fact. I think it's been evidenced by the fact that you know players like Shaden Morris and Dante Polvara were guys that I thought they were they weren't used in 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 the team when Robson was in charge at the tail end of last season and Polvara was fairly quickly putting out on loan but it's evidence that they've obviously shown enough in pre-season and again part of it will obviously be the fact that we're we're maybe a bit undermanned at the moment but you know it did demonstrate that he is willing to go back to players that he wasn't using previously and is willing to give them a second chance so it is interesting that he's gone with that for certain players and not others the other aspect i was a bit surprised about is it's you know i think there's some of the players like you know i mean you know anthony stewart's on the bench but i think we're quite quite confident there's not going to be future for someone like him I, I i i was and i again maybe it wasn't the change that you'd been expecting given that we we were drawing nil nil and we're looking to go to go forward so it was pretty obvious that if it was going to be any change it would be a striker like sockler but maybe a bit surprised or dadia wasn't involved at all because again that's someone he's actually brought to the club so it's one thing um there might be a group of players currently in the club that you maybe you know wouldn't see as a long-term option, but I was maybe a bit more surprised that Ordadia wasn't involved, given the fact that that's a guy that they've actually proactively brought in as part of the 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 the, the, the uh, preseason recruitment. But um, again, it's one it's one day in. Um, I'm sure there will be a, a good bit of opportunity once uh, once uh, Rubicic and Graham Shinny get their compulsory first sending offs in the next week or two. There'll be some natural changes that will have to happen amongst the amongst the players in any event. So I'm sure some of these players will be getting their opportunity over the next few matches. But um, yeah, I, I, I share what some of the frustration of other people that I thought we may well have uh, thrown a, thrown a, 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 the dice a bit more in the second half and made, try to make a few more changes rather than just stick with mainly the same setup and the same players that we started with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, it's like like we say, it's first game of the season's out of the way. Um, there's nothing nothing to be too nothing to be too concerned about. I don't th- I don't think um, we know there's talent there. There's more. There's we've, we know there's bodies that will be will be coming in the door as well um, because we've been told that. <laughs> so um, I think you know as disappointing as a nil nil is, you know, no damage has been done. Nobody's picked up any silly injuries. Um, you know, it's a point uh, where you know we're a point ahead of um, the Rangers in the hunt for the Champions League spots. We've got to put, put that as say that as well. So you know, um, it's no, it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, it's certainly not all doom and gloom. And regardless of where you happen to be in the league table, I think we're seventh right now. But any time that you're above the Rangers in the league table, that's all. There's always some source of uh, happiness to be taken from that. Um, so finally, before we before we wrap up in relation to that, your uh, expectations for Sunday again. I think it's fair to say we are we are nowhere close to being the finished product yet this season. And, and while it may well be an advantageous time to be playing Celtic earlier in the season rather than later, I think I think our expectations for Sunday will need to be you know realistic, but I think certainly tempered. What 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 are you what 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 are you expecting to be served up? Yeah, I mean, look, look. In terms of, you know, I would imagine in terms of in terms of starting eleven, um, I don't think it'll be very much, no, very much different. Let's say there was the one change that we mentioned before. You know, maybe if if McDonald's available, then it would probably that would probably be the one that comes in. Um, but you know, you know, we know, we know it's a Robson team, so we know we'll we'll, we'll compete with them. Um, we can, you know, we we can do what we can do them a little bit. What 
Livingston did to us on Saturday, where you know you, you get if you get close to them, get in their faces, you know just upset them. But while of course playing our game, um, that's one of the frustrations I've had. Um, sometimes it's where we we just allow allow Celtic to play their game around us, um, and that and I, I I hate seeing that, and it, particularly when when Rogers was manager there before, I think there was a couple of a couple of performances where we just we did we did we didn't get we didn't lay a glove on them. Um, that I'd I'd like to think that's not that's not going to happen this time. Um, I think you know, I think Robson's maybe a little bit more of a I don't want to say combative manager, but I think he basically would like to, you know, knowing the type knowing the type of player he was, you would like to think that he's you know going to maybe inst- install a bit of a bit of steel in there, tell him no, tell him to get at them. But we didn't do it at the end of last season. But that game, we will excuse that because you no, know, the guys were still hungover. <laughs> um, but I just I, I I want I want to see us compete, and I think I think we can, and I, I really do think we can get some something out of it. Um, I'm not allowing Saturday to to affect my affect my mood at all so so far this season. Um, you know, it was a point we got we, it's it's fine. Now we've got Sunday to look forward to against the champions, the champions who didn't look great um, in their first game. So, so yeah, like I said earlier, can be gotten at. So I'm confident we can get something out of the game. Um, what that will be is, no, I would take, I would, I would take another point if you offered me it. But obviously, I would love the three. Well, here's hoping that the the Dons can deliver on Sunday. Um, I'll maybe just close off on the fact that obviously we'll look forward to seeing everybody back at a Pac Pataudry for the first competitive game of the of the 2023-2024 season. Um, but another shout out with my Aberdeen FC women's hat on, um, bearing in mind it'll be a noon kickoff on Sunday, will be done and dusted by 2pm and um, while... Uh, the, 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 the draw of the Pataudry Bar or the Ale House of your choice may well be very strong, just to say as well that uh, Aberdeen FC women will be kicking off their campaign at Balmoral Stadium at 3pm against uh, Motherwell. So if you are in the mood for a double dose of Dons, please, uh, if you've never, especially if you've never taken the opportunity to see the women's team before, uh, maybe, maybe take the opportunity to wander along there. By all means, taking a pit stop along the way if you want to, and... Uh, Hopefully we'll get a good set of results for, for both teams on Sunday. So with that, we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you very much for uh, listening and bearing with us, if you have managed to bear with us this long. Um, and thank you, Martin, for uh, co-piloting along with me today. No, pro- no problem. It's been it's been great having having been on this, and I've not been patronised once. Um, <laughs> I could get used to this, Martin. <laughs> well, well, you'll have to get used to it because I think it'll be the same again next time round. Oh, so, well, then uh... even better. <laughs> So on that note, <laughs> thanks again, Martin. And um, in preparation for Sunday, let's hope it's a, a, a glorious three-pointer for the Dons. Come on, you Reds. <laughs>